beautiful friends, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we are going to be talking about sneaky ways that we discredit our own emotions, that we discredit ourselves because there's a lack of self-trust. So one of my favorite topics is how do we develop self-trust? And the, o- the only reason I'm passionate about this topic is because I used to really struggle with it even from like knowing what I liked and what I didn't. And there was a reason why I struggled with it because I was, I I experienced an abusive relationship where it really made me second guess myself. Um, and I was kind of like, not kind of, I was manipulated and I allowed myself to get, um, like I lost my sense of identity. I lost my sense of self-esteem and I, and I stopped trusting myself because I had someone else that was constantly doubting me or, using manipulation tactics to second guess myself. But, but, so yes, that happened. And I've been leaning into the healing and growth that has happened since that nine years ago, right? Nine years ago. I'm still freaking talking about it because it's important to know the history that has caused some of these, I'm going to call them coping behaviors, right? And it's like these little tiny things. And so I'm just going to share a couple different expressions that I used to say all the time and that I hear all the time from my friends, from my clients, from listeners, like all the time. So say you're opening up to someone and you're sharing about an emotional or a topic that's just sensitive. It's difficult to talk about. So you open up and you share what's going on and how you're feeling. And then ready. And then you end it with, I'm sorry, I'm such a hot mess. Or I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Or I'm sorry, I know I'm not making any sense. Or so that's it. That those are the little comments, the way we discredit ourselves after we powerfully share what's going on. If it doesn't feel powerful because you're not used to trusting yourself, then we undercut ourselves with statements like that. But I'm here to tell you in this little mini episode that you are clearly speaking yourself, that you are making sense, that no one's expecting it to be perfect, and anyone that has caused you to second guess yourself, right? They were projecting their own insecurities about being correct or being right or having the perfect polished thing to say because they didn't know how, like, we can go on and on about all the reasons why it was difficult, but that's not going to be as helpful as giving you specific ways that you can start trusting yourself and expressing yourself unapologetically. Deal? Doesn't that sound way better than going into all the reasons why it's happened? Like, yes, it's important for us to understand them. But what's more important in this moment with this time that I have with you right now is to give you ways that you can practice trusting yourself, practice taking up space, and practice being unapologetic. Notice every single one of those is a practice. It's not a just start doing it, flip the switch, and now you do it, and now it's who you are. No, it's a practice. We try things on, we take a step, and each time we take a step and lean into something that seems scary, or we notice the impulse to try and discredit ourselves, and we pause and take a deep breath instead, those are celebration moments, and we're learning how to sit with our own emotional discomfort. One of the biggest reasons why we say that is because we it's, it's vulnerable for other people to see our messiness. And messiness has such a bad connotation as if it's something bad, but life is messy. Emotions are complex. And if you're listening to this, I know you're a highly sensitive being with deep levels of empathy. And sometimes it can be difficult to connect with what your emotions really are if you're wrapped up in so many other people's um, emotional stories. 
right? Because it's like that deep desire to want to understand. So what happens when we have a deep desire to want to understand and connect with people? We naturally want to be understood and want people to connect with us. And so we, these comments can be used like, oh, sorry, I, I sound crazy. I don't know what I'm saying. Or I probably sound like such a hot mess. You know, these undercut statements that we say at the end after saying something really powerful and beautiful or strong or insightful, um, it allows a block of intimacy up against another person because that's more comfortable. So we undercut ourselves out of a protection of protecting ourselves from being rejected, protecting ourselves from being judged because we don't want to look like we have issues or whatever the the big story is from our inner critic. It's like, I don't want people, I, I, I should, and this is where the inner critic really comes in hot. And I felt this for myself is this, the critical voice says, I should have this figured out. Or I should know what to do, shouldn't I? Right? The shoulds. The shoulds are not supportive at all because the shoulds normally come from like a blaming or attacking way of like criticizing ourselves. So what we can do is start to create a new identity around around being a confident communicator. Like that you can become the type of person that confidently communicates and doesn't second guess themselves. And so how do we do this? We practice. Um, and this is actually a really great exercise because... For example, you can open up your journal. If you've been listening to Joyfully You, you know that I'm a big advocate for journaling as a way to process emotions and connect with what's actually going on within you and how to access that inner wise, the inner wise woman, the inner wise man that's in within us, you know? So opening your journal and writing, um, you know, am I sure that I can confidently communicate? Am I 100% sure that I can confidently communicate? And all the reasons that come up is like, oh, I don't think so because what are those specific things? You know, because I stumble on my words, because I've said the wrong thing before, because I can't always trust that the words will come to me because, you know, they they don't come when I'm under pressure. Okay, first, that's okay. I just want to like point that out because what this practice is of journaling is writing like the thing that you're wanting and then all the reasons why it doesn't seem possible. And then going through with each one of those and creating an affirmation that directly speaks to each one of those points that feel, because that's what is creating a new belief. When you start, a, a belief is created from a thought we think over and over and over again. So if we think a disempowering thought over and over and over again, it's even affirmed by family members, parents, exes, then we start to believe it. We start to believe that we're not good at expressing ourselves. We start to believe that we we don't have the words under pressure, and which that isn't that can be something that's true, you know. And it doesn't feel safe, like to open up in high times of stress, and that's a protection mechanism, you know. It, it's is that freeze flight uh, freeze fear response, and I had I have that myself. Like even my entire life growing up, if my mom or dad ever got mad at me and wanted to talk and it was under like a high pressure situation, I would just freeze up. And I even had parent, you know, my parents be like, speak, say something, like say anything. And I couldn't. And that messed with me because I was like, oh my God. Cause then what happens? I go to my room, I start to calm down my nervous system. And then I have all the words that I want to say. And that used to feel really disempowering. Cause I felt like, oh my God, the moment's already passed. I can't talk about it now. And that's not true. So what I've developed is a healthy way to, un- like, because I know myself. 
I know that the words do not come to me as fluidly in the moment because the emotions are the first thing that I feel. But I, I need to sit with them and process my own nervous system in order to then have the words. So I, t- I say that. I've learned that it is okay and acceptable to communicate what I need in order to connect with my own voice. So for example, simply saying, I need to gather my thoughts and I will get back to you. I need some space to process this. Can we talk at this time? Like, I will reach out to you when I'm ready to talk, but I need, I need some time to process, you know? And this is not, and make sure that, make sure that you're, you know, when you're using this technique of like communicating that you need space, it is a gen, from a genuine, authentic space, not because you're trying to like stonewall or punish someone or put, you know, someone in the dark, um, because that's not what it's about. You know, it's not about ignoring someone. Because then that's still feeding into the fear of never bringing it up. It's giving yourself permission to have clumsy conversations. I think that is the key to vulnerability. Because when I frame it that way in my mind, like, you know, I need to have a clumsy conversation. It's something sensitive. I, I, it's so much easier to approach it knowing that it is going to be clumsy and it is going to feel messy. And... I can take all the time I need to process how I'm feeling before speaking. So much of the shame stories that I've healed came because I felt like I had to have the words fast enough or soon enough or else I would lose the moment and the time was gone and I wasn't allowed to bring it up again or else I would cause problems. Can we just take a deep breath? Does that resonate with you? That was the biggest story that um, was blocking me from creating deeper intimacy because I was afraid of bringing up real issues or real conversations or just deeper things. And so how often have you not brought something up because you felt like you lost the moment or that the time had already passed or that it wasn't good to speak up anymore or whatever? Like, However long it takes you to process your emotions and express them is beautiful. And we don't always need someone else to hear that expression. It's almost like giving yourself that permission, um, permission to be human, to not have to be perfect. A lot of this too, you know, uh, for people that are super extrovert, outgoing personality, big bubbly, like the glitz and glam, you want to know what the biggest fear is? Rejection. So what happens? They don't reject anyone else. They become people pleasers because they want to be loved and they want to love, right? This creates a, a slight inauthenticity if, if, when, because it, it is slightly inauthentic, but it's not to hurt or harm. It's because there's a fear of rejection. So then there's a fear of rejecting other people. And so this can come up when you start to like learn how to be vulnerable in your deep relationships. It's this fear of like, if I show this person, this part of me that I've struggled to love, will they still love all of me? And it's vulnerable, especially, you know, like romantic relationships or deep friendships, sharing things that are in progress that you haven't figured out yet. And obviously, um, not everyone deserves to hear your vulnerabilities, but you know who, who has earned the right to hear them, where you know, like they love you and you love them. 
And it's not about opening up to get something. It's about opening up because you deserve to take up space. And that's what friendships are for. And that's what relationships are for. And you don't have to have it all figured out, especially if you're used to being the supporter, the savior, the giver, the one that's like helping everyone else. People come to you for advice and it's this, it's uncomfortable. And this was me. It was super uncomfortable for me to be in the process of something and let someone else know because I, I I didn't want advice. I didn't want, you know, and I and I got to learn how to ask for the, what I needed with that. But the biggest thing with this episode is noticing if you undercut yourself after you share. And sit with it, observe it. That feeling of wanting to be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm talking about. And let the inner wise voice be like, yes, I do. Actually, yes, I do. Every time I, I express myself, I am creating a deeper confidence that it's safe to do so. It is safe to take up space. I am a channel for divine love. I am open to the words that are meant to come through. I can trust my voice. I can trust that I will have the words when I need them. I will have the words when I need them. If I don't have the words right now, that's okay. That's okay. I trust myself. I trust in my relationships and life is complex. Life is messy and messy is beautiful because messy is real. Okay. So let's practice being real rather than nice. You have nothing to apologize for. You're allowed to take up space. And the more you do, the more you allow people to see those parts of you, which allows for even deeper love, deeper intimacy, deeper connection. Okay. It's worth the risk. I'm sending you so much love. I hope you liked this episode of Joyfully You Podcast. If you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me in helping me spread this message of love and empowerment and self-trust, okay? I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. I'm always hanging out on Instagram at Kelsey Lowe Show if you want to come over and say hi. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and I'll see you next time.